Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Bass, I'm your host, and uh, in today's show it is a little bit different. I have to apologise, we did take a week off last week. I uh, haven't been feeling great, I've had a, a chest infection, which I'm slowly getting over. Um, so we did take a little uh, pause from the, the podcast last week. This week, Chris is actually away, is, uh, away with his family, uh, but he wanted to make sure that we stayed connected with you. So he has recorded uh, some answers to a list of question or two that came in, and he's doing that remotely from, from his little holiday. So thanks to Chris for that. Um, and that reminds me, if yourself do have a question you want to uh, get in touch, you can do so via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and the top right-hand corner, there is a section called Join the Show, and that's where you can send in a question. And if you were lucky enough to be in one of those parts of the world where cruising has resumed, and you'd love to share your cruise experience, then uh, do so. Let us know about a cruise review, and we'll certainly try to weave you into the, the next couple of episodes. We've got a few guests uh, which are going to be doing that in the, the coming weeks as well. Now, uh, to uh, introduce you to the questions this week, uh, the first of two questions came in that were very, very similar. Rob from Wales um, had a question about the service speeds of ocean liners, and why is it that a ship like QM2 does Atlantic crossings in seven days while the QE2 did them in five? And this is actually a very similar question to uh, one that came in from John here in Western Australia, who also emailed Chris directly asking what the fastest crossing speed for QM2 could be and how that compared to the ships of yesteryear. So uh, great questions there, Rob and John. And Chris will be answering those for you in uh, just a second. And before we head over to Chris, I just wanted to uh, thank those of you that are listening, liking and subscribing. It's great that so many of you are listening around the world and also appreciate the fact that many of you do share it uh, with people that you think uh, may appreciate this podcast and also leave us reviews wherever you find us on those various podcast directories. So thank you once again. And uh, whilst today is a much shorter episode, we really do hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'm going to head over now and uh, hand over to Chris. Thanks so much, Baz, and thanks, Rob, for the question. It's uh, nice to, to be back just for, very briefly to have a, a quick chat about maritime history whilst we're on our little break. 
Um, and it is a good question because uh, the speeds of passenger ships uh, is something that's obviously talked about a lot in, in maritime history. And Cunard itself, uh, as Rob noted, is is known for that transatlantic service. So when QE2 uh, entered service in 1969, she did undertake the transatlantic crossings in five days. There were five-day crossings. There would be a, uh, a turnaround time in New York and in Southampton. Uh, and then the, the ship would make its way back um, in that five-day crossing. And that had sort of been standardised during the, the era of the original Queens. Um, the two-ship weekly transatlantic service would be undertaken in five days and then allowed turnaround time in each port before disembarking, um, sorry, rather re-embarking passengers for the, um, for the, return, for the return journey. Uh, and so that uh, time frame was what was possible with the, the ships operating at a, a, a you know a reasonable cruising speed, not by not at their maximum speed, but um, at a at a cruising speed across the Atlantic. And a ship like QE2, for example, uh, had a service speed of of twenty eight point five knots, so it's pretty fast. Ma- maximum speed was thirty uh, thirty two and a half knots, um, and then the the sea trial speed with the with the ship's diesel engines was um, over just over 34 knots. So she was a she was a fast ship, and so were her predecessors, the original queens. Now, if you look back before that, it took longer than five days to cross the Atlantic, um, and you know ships uh, from sort of the Lusitania and Mauritania's era they took longer than five days. Um, the older uh, ships all the way back from the 19th century, they took longer um, than than five days, up to a week. Uh, and of course, the original paddle steamers took two weeks to cross the Atlantic. Um, uh, those ones that were operating those early early sailings in the 1840s and 50s. Now, Queen Mary II herself could undertake the transatlantic service in five days. She's built with the ability to, to match QE2's service speed. Um, she has a different power plant. QE2, when she entered service, was a steam turbine. That was changed in the 1980s to be a diesel overall electric system. Uh, and QE2 uh, had, in that phase, nine diesel engines. Each of them were nine-cylinder MAN BMW engines. QM2, on the other hand, has a combination power plant that sees diesel engines, diesel electric engines, um, paired with um, uh, gas turbines, which are used when the ship needs to undertake its highest speeds. So the gas turbines are more expensive uh, to operate, but they're only needed when the ship needs that extra oomph. Uh, and as a result of this, when, well, actually, even before QM2 came into service, Cunard made the choice to reduce QE2's crossings from five to six days. So for many years in the 1990s and then the 2000s, QE2 sailed six-day uh, crossings. And this was obviously uh, not only a fuel-saving situation, but it gives passengers more time uh, on board the ship, which is really nice um, for that transatlantic service, particularly if you're going uh, eastbound because you're losing time uh, eastbound. So having a little bit extra extra time on board the ship gives you a bit more time to adjust to the to the time changes going forward um, as you make your way east. Westbound's uh, much easier because you're you're sailing. Um, west, so you're adding time on the way across to America. Now, um, QM2 herself now does seven-day crossings. Um, look, I mean, I think uh, when we were on Queen Mary 2's transatlantic doing um, uh, in November of 2019, there was a uh, very rough seas, and the ship was able to make its um, 
make its way across the Atlantic in those in those rough seas and arrive on time without having to you know really push the ship in terms of um, you know getting all those engines up and running to to get across the Atlantic. So uh, it is possible for Queen Mary two to do those voyages in five days. She has got the the power to do it, but it's both more economical and I mean from a passenger point of view having an extra couple of days on board the ship. Um, on that transatlantic where you basically are stepping back into another world, um, an era of, of being at sea with nothing around you for, for days on end, uh, that is a joy on, on board the ship. So, I mean, I'm glad that my transatlantic crossing was seven days. That being said, it would be absolutely glorious to to do a five-day crossing on, on QM2 um, and really feel the ship, uh, you know, achieving those maximum speeds. And perhaps that's something that... Uh, if Kunai's listening, perhaps that's something that they might consider when, when cruising resumes is to do maybe once a year a five-day crossing for all of those of us who are maritime history buffs and just get QM2 really plowing it across the Atlantic. Because, you know, Baz and um, and John, I sailed on QE2 in the Great Australian Bight and up towards Singapore. Both voyages, she was um, she was achieving her, her maximum speed of, of just well she was over her cruising speed she was at 30 30 knots and, and 31 knots on those voyages and there was just something about that speed that the way that ship felt when it was going that fast that um made that those experiences extra special um so qm2 can do it um i have been on board qm2 when she's been trying to make up time um on other cruises and she does get um up to the 28 sort of knot mark but not for many years have i experienced that on qm2 uh, and, you know, other ships were also very, very fast. The SS France was a fast ship. Um, she uh, she was, uh, you know, in every way in terms of speed, the equal to, to QE2. And and um, and then, of course, the SS United States, which entered service in 1952, is the fastest ocean liner of all time, a record that she still holds to this day. But other ships like Canberra, which came to Australia, was much faster than the modern-day cruise ships. Uh, and then, of course, the Queens and Normandy, um, very fast ships because these were scheduled crossings that people were expecting to get to a place on time um, and that's why the ships had to be so fast and and the reason why I suppose QM2 can do it at a slower speed is because most people are, are doing it for the experience rather than because they need to be in New York on a on a particular day or in Southampton on a particular day so they give the opportunity now to, to do it a little bit slower and to to enjoy um, more days at sea. So hopefully that answered the question. It's uh, always a pleasure, of course, to speak maritime history, and I look forward to being back in um, the next episode to talk about cruise news once again. Hello, it's me again. Just a quick reminder. Um, if you want to help keep this podcast on there, there's a little way that you can do it. If you're familiar with Patreon, which other podcasters and YouTubers use, that's a way of uh, sending a little donation uh, through to them. We use something similar, but we use a system called Buy Me A Coffee. Um, just like uh, buying your friends a, a coffee in the coffee shop, very, very similar, although you're not physically buying me a coffee, you're making a small donation. And every donation is greatly appreciated because it really does help to, uh, to keep us on air. And the benefit is, once you have made that donation, um, you are 
then receive priority access to the podcast because all of our supporters do receive the uh, the link to the podcast the moment that it is made live and uh, it can take about 12 to 24 hours for iTunes and the other podcast directories to, to pick it up so if you would like uh, that priority access then the easiest way to do so is to support us via buy me a coffee you can buy one coffee you can buy two coffees you can buy ten coffees or you can buy a whole year supply it's entirely up to you but every single uh, little donation through buy me a coffee is greatly appreciated the links of how to do so you'll find in the show notes of each and every episode thanks in advance that's all for today if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave us a review on apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts until next time bon voyage Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 